You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. I guess you could call this an emergency edition with Zolgad and Declan Goff. It's a little bit late in the day, but it's an emergency because Kevin Fiala has agreed to a contract. And most importantly, Declan, I want to get your thoughts right now on what you're drinking. Uh, My tequila. I found a new tequila. I like to do this thing, Judd, called Tequila Fridays. Um, Wait, hold on. Could be potentially can dangerous. My, can I look at my calendar? Yeah, it's Monday. Um, um, <laughs> so I like to go to my local liquor store, and I've been dabbling in some new tequilas. So I found a new one for the first time on Friday. And actually, I wasn't able to get into it this weekend. I was too busy drinking my seltzers and having a great time. Uh, but I finally busted it open just here 15 minutes ago. Pretty dang good tequila. And I know Kevin. I don't know if Kevin Fiala is a big tequila guy. I saw him at the bar the one time. Yeah. Uh, but, but, I'm, but I know he should be popping some type of bottle. Uh, now that he has another uh, contract with the Wild for 2021-22. Oh. And I want to talk about it just as soon as I pop open my surly hell. Because you know me, I'm a surly man. And whether that be Furious, Hell, um, Coffee Bender, doesn't matter. Bender? All I have to do, <laughs> Furious, furious? over to Hell, back to Bender, back to Furious. All Supreme right. Fires goes wide. Shit is gores. All right, so let's talk about this one. Kevin hmm. Fiala was supposed to go. Uh, was scheduled, I shouldn't say supposed to, that's not fair. He was um, scheduled to go to arbitration against the Wild, or I guess since the Wild took the rare step of being the team that filed, they were scheduled to go to arbitration against Kevin Fiala on Tuesday. Um, They each filed their, uh, or the arbitrator determined what the salaries were potentially going to be in that hearing. And then, lo and behold, this morning, Monday, an agreement is reached on a one-year contract as Kevin Fiala agrees uh, and the Wild agree that he is going to return to the team for the 2021-22 season at a rate of, let me find it right here, five, um, two, 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 is it 5.1 yep, mi- 5. million dollars? 5.1 yep. million dollars that he is going to get. <sighs> um, let me start by saying that my personal feeling about this is more than ever i really think dex that this is going this again establishes how important the 2021 22 season is for this team because i don't know when he is a restricted free agent again next off season i don't know if it's going to be realistic with what the wild's going to be up against cap wise especially if kaprizov is hopefully re-signed to bring him back again so I think we're really talking about the potential that Kevin Fiala is entering his last season mm-hmm. with the Wild, which, by the way, does not tone down expectations. I think it base, it brings them up. Um, but while this contract is done now, this in no way, shape, or form means that Kevin, who we both like a lot, is going to be here long term. And in fact, it might say that he's not going to be um, again, speaking about the one year that this team has some cap space, 2021-22, how important this coming season is for the Minnesota Wild. 
Yeah, it's important for Fiala, and it's important for Minnesota as well. This is, uh, I mean, it's not a bind. I don't want to know if it's. I don't know if I can use the word bind to say that's accurate. But basically, they're going to try to do this one more time and make Kevin Fiala prove it. And I think that is a dangerous spot to be. There's there's three options basically, in my opinion, at play here. One is Kevin Fiala just plays out this term. He is who he is. He's a guy that's going to score 50 to 60 points and be a 25-goal scorer. He's had 100 points in his last 114 games. I mean, he's been damn dynamic. Over the last 114 regular season games, he's been a top five-on-five guy. He's been solid on the power play, not elite, uh, but a a natural goal scorer. And as much as we laughed at Paul Fenton for calling him a uh, game-breaker, when he is on, he is a game-breaker. When he is on, he indeed is a Mm -hmm. game-breaker. for his production at five point one million is a steal. If 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 he is producing at the rate that he has been producing over those last basically two seasons, five point one million is an absolute steal of a deal. Um, now, the the two other options are at play are you could still possibly in season at some point ink him to a long term contract. That's mm-hmm. still on the table. It's not like that idea is shelved. Those talks will likely be shelved for the at least probably the rest of two thousand twenty one. But you could come back, let's say in February, January, when there's a pause, uh, which we we don't want to get into right now. When there's a pause in the regular season, um, and you can re, you can start renegotiating that contract, or you can go to this summer, go to this song and dance again, uh, and basically get into a bidding war with him and possibly other teams if an offer sheet is involved. And for right now, if he produces the way he's at. Kevin Fiala is going to have more case to say no. Remember when I said I wanted, you know, six point? The floor was six point two is what he was able to get with his agent. But I'm really more of a six and a half, seven million dollar player. At least for my offense production, I am worth that. And mm-hmm. now the Wilder base is going to have to say that. Well, yes, you are worth that. But because we have thirteen million dollars, or I think it's eleven for next season, but since we have double digit dead money cap hits, Kevin, we can't really do that for you. Um, I thought it would have been a lot smarter for them to go and say, hey, here's a three-year deal, six and a half per, even though you know you might outperform that, that's the best offer we can give you. And he said, I either want more or I want longer term, and I'm just going to test these waters again. Um, I, I know he can drive coaches, and obviously I think even Bill Guerin a little crazy with his defensive miscues, and those are rightfully so, and I have some numbers that will back that up here in just a little bit. Um, but I think this is a dangerous spot, and it's basically an all-in gamble to say, hey, go and do this one more time. And to be honest, uh, we've seen this guy play with his head on fire and play pissed off before, and I'm not going to say he's going to come in and have for 82 games have this chip on his shoulder to prove that I was right and I deserve to be paid because he's going to have off nights because that's who he is. He's a streaky player. Uh, But I, I do think this is a very potentially dangerous gamble by Bill Guerin for 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 we're trying to ink up and try to lock up Kevin Fiala long-term. Yeah, and I, I think it's being done. So I think they know what they're doing here. And the thing is, the question becomes, can they keep him? Um, I think this partially is very dependent on the fact that Kaprizov is not signed yet. And the Wild doesn't know yet, or at, at least they don't think they know exactly what his contract is going to be. Because obviously, if that doesn't get done, it's going to create more potential space for Fiala to uh, to stay here long term. If it does get done, it does not. And keep in mind too, they also signed um, Yul Eriksson Ek to a maximum eight year term worth five point two five million dollars annually. And then starting in two thousand twenty two twenty three, your your cap room is going to start to disappear very quickly because of the buyouts of Parisi 
and Suter. And so I wonder if if Fiala got caught in th- in that mix. I'm a little bit surprised that he actually settled for this deal and didn't go to to the hearing because I think he might have won asking for what 6.25 million I believe. I think there's a chance that he could have have won there. He settled for this and I just again, I think this also has a lot to do with the uncertainty that surrounds this team not for the coming season but the seasons after that. And and it's going to be very difficult, damn near impossible to retain everybody that you want to retain. And so short term, this Fiala contract's a bargain. And if you're Garen in that sense, you're very pleased. Uh, Long term, I think it's a nod to you don't know exactly what you're going to have to do. But at some point in time, drastic moves are going to have to be made. And that could be trading Kaprizov in a couple of years. That could be trading Fiala after next year. We don't know. But uh, I'm a little bit surprised the Fiala camp took this contract because it's not a great one. Mm-hmm. And and if I'm the wild in the short term, I'm very happy that they did. And, you know, Dex, I think after the coming season, the future for this team, I'm not saying it's hopeless, but I think that there's a lot of just uncertainty about where you're going to land based on contracts. And I'll get back to the point that I like it or not. I think you have to go into the deep end of the pool for 2021, 22. I really do. I mean, this is why in my perfect world, you make the trade for, for Thomas hurdle of the sharks. Um, I don't think Eichel is going, I, that whole thing's so weird and I don't know. And I don't know when he can play and if he's going to have the surgery or if he's not. So I really do think on Jack Eichel of the Sabres, the ship has sailed. But Thomas Hurdle is a good player, and he's a really good player. And he's the type of guy who, if you got him for one year, and now you've got Kaprizov, you've got Fiala, you've got Hurdle, um, you've got some depth. I'm not saying it's great, but it's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, you've, you've got a nice team. If you put that one piece there, a center, so so your depth chart goes, let's say, Hurdle, Eric Sinek, mm-hmm. Rossi potentially, Mm-hmm. And let's just say, you know, third line, he's good. He, he does not have to be great then. If you plug him in at the one, he's got – I think that you're probably asking too much. If you plug him in third line center on, on the depth chart, I think it might be fair. I think that gives you a fighting chance to have a pretty damn good team. And then the problem is after that, you probably have to take a step back and say, like, okay, time to reassess. Yeah, the the issue is trying to get Hurdle, who – yeah, I – me and you have kicked around before, even just a few months ago, before the reckless speculation tried uh, uh, fires were, were putting out there for centers that weren't named Jack Eichel. The problem with Hurdle is Hurdle's a UFA after this year, so um, whoever's acquiring him is basically going to have to start those contract talks immediately. Because I, if Hurdle gets the UFA status, I mean, there's going to be teams are going to be coming after him, and rightfully so. He's a Heck damn yeah. good center. He's 27, yep. um, so so he's still got another time. He has time to cash in. Uh, but you'd have to start that right away, and and if and if I'm the Wild, I mean, I love the idea of Hurdle, Kaprizov, Fiala, um, potentially with you know Boldy and Rossi supplementing. Joel Erickson X a nice player, Foligno and Greenway are nice players. You might actually have a really solid uh, fourth line, and Ryan Hartman, Nick Bugstead, and pick your guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that that's basically an all-in move, and I, I would love for that to happen. Um, but it's it's going to be tough here. Uh, with how they want to basically get all those contracts under the books. If they get Thomas Hurdle, and and let's just play it out, 
I don't see a situation where Hurdle and Fiala get new contracts. One of them gets a new contract with the Wild. Um, and the Wild right. even and, – and I'm – I, I think you know it. I know it. Our listeners and commenters know it. I'm the biggest Kevin Fiala fan there is, but if I have to pick between Thomas Hurdle and Kevin Fiala long-term, and even though Hurdle hasn't played a game with the Wild ever and possibly never will, I would rather lock up Thomas Hurdle than I would Kevin Fiala. Okay. Because he's, cause he's, a, he's a center and he solves those needs, and I can. it's easier, in my opinion, to find the flanks than it is to find the guy down the middle. And now you can trade him. Yep. Eventually. Yes. But, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense because now now you're basically on – I mean, this is – what I'm about to say is far from ideal, but the reality is this team is sort of on a on a year-by-year plan right now. Yep. Like, there's no way to plan for the long term when you're about to get hit by the buyout cap hits that they're going to, but that doesn't mean that you have to punt on the coming season. So it's sort of a dicey thing. Like, I would never – I would never suggest that this is a great idea, but I also wouldn't suggest that you fold up your tents for 2021, 22 and go home because you don't have to. Um, But I like what you're saying, which is okay for, for this season, you have Kaprizov hurdle, potentially, potentially Fiala. And now you, but now you've got a nice, a nice core for a season. And then you are going to be forced to say, it either worked or it didn't, but changes have to be made. Um, I just don't want to see the Wild, because of the circumstances they're about to, to be in for the two years after 2021-22, I don't want to see them just be, be like, well, we're trying to build something. Because, I mean, we're going to go from a very different financial dynamic this year than compared to the next two, where it's going to be difficult. It's going to, it's going to be painful at times. The, the, the best case, and, and this is best case, and I think, I think there's a fractional Wild fans who believe this will hit, and, I, and, and it's dangerous to assume this. Um, I think there's a, the, the, the best case scenario is if Rossi and Boldy immediately hit their ceilings, and they're phenomenal, and they're cost-effective, and yep. then you have two players right there to supplement that, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Here's the issue. Unless you're Nathan McKinnon, and I like Boldy and I like Rossi, Yep, they're not going to step in and be basically sixty point thirty Correct. goal scorers. Correct. Look how look, look at Granlin, look at Nino, look at Zucker, look at Coyle. Um, th- this was almost you could make a case. This was the exact same plan that it was eight years ago when Parisi and Suter got here, and you still had some cap issues. And you said, "Well, we're going to have to rely on the supplemental talent. Those guys are going to have to rise up." And and the issue was. All of those guys at some point rose up, but none of them rose up collectively together. Yep. Not, not, none of them hit their ceilings together. By the time everyone was hitting their ceilings, one was on the move or one was on the decline or one was underperforming, um, it put the Wild in a, in a tough spot. And yes, they made playoff runs. Yes, there was a couple cool moments. But in general, you can look back on at least that era of Wild hockey, the second half, and say it was a disappointment. Um, and it, it's almost and, – and, and it's okay – but it's the same plan that it was eight years ago. And it's it's dangerous to assume that Rossi and Boldy can just be the 100th percentile, even, I mean, let's not even call it 100th, the 80th percentile of who they are in year one. That's a, that's a, I think that is actually a more dangerous assumption than assuming that the Wild are going to be great for three to five years because those guys are going to be here for three to five years. I, mm-hmm. it, it's, the, wild, the Wild need Boldy and Rossi to be that immediately, I think that's just a very tall ask and something that is not really realistic. But if you went and got, so if you made a significant trade and let's say that you gave up and I don't know what the price would be, but it would be 
it would be steep. If you got Hurdle and didn't trade Rossi, okay? Okay. Because here, here's where I agree with you, and I don't like the idea of Rossi being anywhere near going into training camp as we hope he can win a top six job. Okay. Like, I, I don't want that pressure. Okay. If you got Hurdle, and again, I don't know what the price is, but it, it would be significant. Yep. It's not going to be cheap. Yep. Uh, and you didn't trade Rossi, and now Rossi slots in as your three. I think that's fair. Uh, Boldy's got more help on the wings because because they've got wings. They've got guys that can yep. definitely take top six spots. And again, he could be third line or something like that. I think that puts you in a position to be competitive because I'm with you. If you if those two show up for training camp and they're like, oh, oh boy, do we need you? That's a recipe for for failure. Yes. So so I completely agree with what you're saying, but I think that's where you have to make a look long and hard at making a significant trade. For a center who can be in the top six, and he might not be the best, but he's damn good and can give you that opportunity for a year to make a run at a cup. Um, and look, Bill Guerin might take a step back and say, we just can't. I don't see it. Sorry, but I don't think he's going to. So I guess what I'm trying to do is deduct what is the best way and most efficient way for them to actually remain competitive make a run at a cup, but do the very difficult thing, which is acknowledge that the coming two seasons after this one are probably going to, they're definitely going to be challenging. I, I would say to answer your question, the efficient way is, is rolling with Boldy and Rossi. That's the efficient way. Cause it's, it's the efficient way from a cost productivity and, and not having to worry about s- selling off assets to get what you're trying to hope for. Sure. But is that the best way? I don't think so. I, I, I uh, w- with how the wild are constructed with, the buyouts that are lingering, um, that is not the best way, in my opinion. Uh, if if it's Christian Dvorak and apparently Arizona is asking for a first round pick and a top prospect, well, I'm not doing that. I mean, I, I like Christian Dvorak, and I think if you give him elevated minutes and elevated situations, he is even better than his numbers suggest. Yeah. But I I can't do that for that cost. Now Thomas Hurdle will probably cost more. Thomas Hurdle's a better center than Christian Dvorak. Thomas Hurdle's going to cost multiple, maybe a boldy at least, and first round picks and other things to make that happen. Um, now, it, it depends on what the price of poker is, but I'm more willing to take the bet on Thomas Hurdle and even roll the dice for one year and just say, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And if he, if he likes it here, then we can lock him up and, and we'll go from there. But it, it, this is a conundrum for the Wild. As, as fun as last year was and yep. as great as Kaprizov was and even as quietly good as Kevin Fiala still was last season, the, the, there is a, a far from certain standpoint the wild are going to be a better team next year and especially too by the way because you keep forgetting this yep. we're back to old divisions we're not playing california three times a year or, right. or, or in our division three times so it's 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 a lot different it's a juggernaut of a division it's still very very tough um and the wild i think have to recognize that i i guess i would be kind of surprised if they don't add something else something else down the middle um but i'm curious too of how does it play out if if they, if they don't add it and they do roll the dice? How do you approach the trade deadline? How do you approach making this team better? Because when you get to the postseason, which is what we saw, your top players are going to be shut down. Like Kevin Fiala, I thought played well, but he got shut down. Kirill Kaprizov was completely shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, people forget that Kaprizov was completely shut down, including Kaprizov and his agent. Yes, yes, and they forget that, that, and that is an issue. So how do the Wild want to handle that? And to me, I've just, I've just been so sick of always being complacent and always just wanting just, all right, we'll stay the course and trust the process and trust this, trust that. 
you know, Chuck Fletcher made some poor trades, but he was aggressive. He just right. he was poor in the evaluations of the return on those trades. I, I think Bill Guerin is smart enough to know what this team needs. And I guess if, if right now the price is too much to get what uh, Christian Dvorak or Thomas Hurdle is, all right. But I hope to know that by January, February, if this team is playing well, that one of those guys or someone equivalent of those guys is available for the wild to obtain. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds in lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And Kaprizov, you would think, has to get done here one way or another very soon. And I don't know. I mean, my guess is it's going to be total ballpark guess on my part. But my guess is it's going to be four years. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be five. And I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be three, which would be the worst case. But I think the way to look at this again is is in the short term here sort of stinks, but I think it's the reality. He's going to be here this coming season, no question about it. He's going to contribute. He's going to be good. Um, I've seen p- people saying now on Twitter, well, just trade him now. Well, I'm not going to trade him now. Why? He's That's fine, stupid. and he can play for you. Um, I do think, though, that if it's – a four-year contract, probably in year two or three, you start to explore things. And if he makes it very clear, I'm not, you know, I want to go play in Los Angeles or I want to go play in New York, then then you have to, within a certain period of time, preferably not in the last year when you're not going to get as much for him, make a trade and and not allow what um, Doug Reisbrow did, I believe it, it was Doug, with Gabrick, who walked away as a free agent, and you got nothing back. And, I mean, one of the things that no question set this franchise back was that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Marion Gabrick got you – you got nothing for him. He walked, and you just allowed him to walk. What are you thinking there? So the Kaprizov thing, I think, is going to – if it's a four-year contract and he's just like, hey, it's been great, I think you're going to have to address it eventually. Uh, But, again, that's why, to some extent, I am in – for this coming season because I do believe that this team has the talent and has the players in some ways to at least make some type of run. And and Bill Guerin doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's going to say, I don't see that. It's not going to happen. He strikes me as the type of guy who's probably going to do something. The one thing I will give him that I don't think Fletcher had is I don't think he's going to do something irresponsible. Yeah. Like I don't think he's going to trade all your draft picks. Uh, but I still could see some type of move eventually being made before opening night. I'd prefer if they're going to make a move for a center that they like, Dex, that they do it soon and not in February. Yeah. That would be my preference. Um, but, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. I think Kaprizov, I think Kaprizov, it, it has to, to get that. He's not going back to Moscow. I mean, I think that's a bluff. Again, if he was going to do that, then just go. Like, I know that you and Phil didn't like when I said that, but like if that's your threat and you're going to follow through, then just do it. He's not going to. So my guess is four years. Yeah, I, I think four is probably likely. You know, Russo, I believe, was reporting that they're offering him eight to nine at at, at seven, eight years. Um, I think the max and, they can go is eight, right? 
Yeah, well, uh, yes. Eight times nine? Yep, yep. So they were looking at nine, and he said no. I mean, and look, uh, I get that from Kirill's side, but th- that's an agent ploy right there. That, oh, that, yeah. that If any 24-year-old um, who was going to be offered, what, eight times, you know, $60, $70 million at 24 and pay you to your 32, that sounds pretty damn good. But it's like, well, if think about this, Kirill, you know, and I'm sure it's, he's in his ear being Ari Gold saying that, well, what, what if you just wait four years and you can still get, you know, around that term as it is in the money wise. And then at 28, you can really cash in. Right. Um, and, and I do think Kirill's skill set is something that does translate long term. Look at, I know Alexander Ovechkin's obviously the, the hundredth, hundredth uh, percentile there. But, you know, Ovi is still productive into his late 30s and he looks like he's not slowing down. Um, so I, I can see that as an agent ploy being let's just wait. Let's let's bide our time here and see what happens. And I and as I've told you, if Kirill gives us a cup in three, if it's this is a three or four year contract, yep. gives us one cup and he bolts, I'm great with that. Yep, it's been fun. I'm great with that. Thank you, Kirill. Thank you for the cup. Finally, I told you we were talking about parades today on Mackie and Judd. Yep. Uh, I would love to be hammered on Hennepin Avenue or in West Seventh at the Wilds case uh, as a St. Paul boy. Tommy Reeds. Yep, I will be on top of Tommy Reeds. Maybe even shirt off and ready to go. I will drinking be ready to surly. Rock. Drinking a surly. I will be ready to rock. Yep. Ready to rock. Yep. So anyway, um, it's good that Fiala got done. I don't know what it means. I thought it would be. I thought it would be for more. Um, I thought he might get an extension at some point in time. He doesn't. Gets a one-year contract. Um, and I think among all the moves that I now expect, Declan, I think. Fi- so I'm. I'll write this down right now. I think Kevin Fiala gets traded next off season. Yeah. I, and- I think he does. I think he gets traded at some, at some point here. Um, this clearly also shows, and look, I don't know why this really clearly shows to me that Everson and Garen, I think they like Fiala, they but they do not think as highly of him as let's say Declan Goff. Yeah. And, and I get that. I mean, maybe outside of Kevin's fiance and local family members, uh, she doesn't like him camp. as much as you do. And no, she probably does not. Uh, but I, I do think it's 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 rare to find these goal scores, and it's rare to find these guys who do this. Um, you know, I, I I was just looking at analytics the other day of it, and you know, I, I uh, our, my my guy Jay Fresh Hockey, who does a great job of explaining analytics and making charts and making it in a, in a successful way. And as you can even see uh, right here in our screen, oh, as I love to do, look at this, nice. look at this. So. This is mm. Kevin Fiala, and this is wins above replacement. This is offense and defense. So it, you see a bunch of numbers on the left there, 85%, 90%, 15%, 83%. And you're like, okay, this is classic analytics. What the hell am I looking at? Right. Um, so 50% means this is an average player. So if you look at all these situations, offense, defense, goals per 60, A160, power play, penalty, think 50% is just an average player. So if he's in the 85% for offense, that means he's in the 85 percentile in the league when it comes to driving offense. So that's a pretty damn good player. Yeah. Um, is it is it uh, is it Kirill Kaprizov or is it Nathan McKinnon? No, but it's, he's in the 85 percentile driving offense. His goals per 60 rate, 90th percentile in, in the league in driving offense. Now his defense, as you see right there, 15th percentile. That means he's a below average defensive player. And this is where exactly where I think analytics do a great job. If you can do analytics of matching the eye test with the numbers, if you watch Kevin Fiala, you probably look at those three things specifically and say, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. He scores a lot of goals. He drives a lot of offense. His defense is atrocious. And even the finishing on on the right side of 69%, he's a good finisher, but not an elite finisher. And again, I think that that shows it. 
Um, so this is a good player. Mm-hmm. He's not elite, but he's someone I do think you want to keep around. And also it's someone, as you see in the war percentile chart in the top right, 18-19, when he was in that last year and, and, and spent 22 games with Minnesota after being acquired, he was a terrible player. Uh, mm-hmm. But you knew that there was something still in there from his time in Nashville pre-leg injury in the postseason that suggested that he could still get back the player he was. And it's clear that he's back to the player that he was and who he was being a first-round pick with the Predators. So this is a good player, and I do think it's potentially dangerous to assume that you're going to roll the dice one more time. Because if he plays at this goal rate and this offensive rate, hell, let's say say even he figured out his defense and he's a league-average defender— well, oh boy, um, you're not going to be able to afford this guy long term. So this is this is a good player, but I hope the Wild are smart with how they evaluate him. His ability to score goals is very hard to find. Yep. It's flat. I mean, that that is. Look at the how, how many guys uh, in the 20 year history of this franchise have been able to score. Just you know, forget the Kaprizov because he's a superstar, but. Just in the history of the Wild franchise, how many guys have been able to put the puck in the net like Kevin can? Not many. No. It, it, it's a difficult attribute to find. And the, the defensive stats are intriguing and interesting and a bit disturbing at times. Yep. But the trade-off there is, okay, you know, can that really good um, defensive winger uh, put the puck in the net? And the answer is, Yes. Often no. And 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 he brings a look, I mean, if Kevin Fiala played in 1986, you know, he'd be a nice player, but there were you know lots of guys. Edmonton had like eight guys like him. Yep. Now they're hard to find and that and that's where it gets to be a little bit dicey about assuming, "Oh, Boldy will pick up the slack, Willie." You know, Jordan Greenway is going to start to score more goals. Not like that, he's not. No. So, that's the thing about it, but but from a financial standpoint, when you when you have the buyouts that they did with Parisi and Suter, and then you choose the path of of signing Eric Sinek to a long-term extension, and certainly, and rightfully so, trying to sign a guy like uh, Kaprizov, right? And then you've got Dumba signed to a, a fairly big contract, Spurgeon, Brodeen, that whole core group of defensemen, something has to give, and my sense is it's Fiala, and so I'm curious to see, and I do think that you bring up a really good point, which is they might be trying to leverage his situation against if they can get a center. And if they can, I don't think it's going to be tough. I think he's gone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, who knows? He he could be – hell, he, he could be traded to the Sharks. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because I think the Sharks – I think they're going to find a way to get rid of Evander Kane. I'm just saying have to. the accusations and the, the fact that a bunch yeah. of Sharks players have basically told the team, I ain't coming back if he is – Kane's a pain in the ass, and he might be a bad guy, but you know what he can do? He can score, score and he's talented. And so if if Hurdle or a guy like that is going to okay a trade to the Wild and the return to the Sharks is going to be fairly significant, I think they've got the cap room. Might start yeah. with and, – and if if they can void Kane's contract, they really got the cap room. So I agree. All right, we are uh, done. Emergency edition, I'm sure, back soon. In fact, as soon as Kirill Kaprizov uh, burps or (laughs) or puts on a CSKA Moscow uh, sweatshirt, we will be back. Judd's Hockey Show. I'm Judd. He's Declan. Bash, shoot, score.